If you want to listen to this episode or any of our episodes ad-free, you can do that now. Head on over to Patreon. Click on the ad-free level. You get all of our bonus shows that you've been hearing so much about. Plus, every single day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, you can listen to this episode or any of our other episodes at the same time, ad-free, over on Patreon. everyone this is david welcome back behind the velvet rope let's just get right into it today because we are joined by the one the only jack osborne hey how are you welcome welcome behind the velvet rope how are you today i'm doing very well i'm hanging in there um yeah no complaints over here how are you how are you doing uh, thank you. No one ever asked me how I'm doing. I am doing well as, you know, listen, and I'm doing better. I have to say congratulations, Jack Osborne's Haunted Homecoming. It is premiered earlier this month on Discovery. I've watched it. I love it. Like, how did this show come about for you? So, you know, I've been doing a lot of paranormal stuff for a long time for Discovery and um, like the last four years. And there's always been this thing about like, hey, we got to get to England and, you know, do some stuff over there. And obviously COVID happened and that was a whole, you know, that shut that down for a while. And, and it just kind of been on, on the books and, you know, the timing was right last, uh, last spring. And so we just, we just jumped at it. And the premise for anyone who hasn't watched it, who should, it's like you go, you return to a lot of your like childhood haunts, like the local pub and your childhood house. Yep. Yep. So we, we uh, went, cause I, first time I ever had any kind of, strange paranormal experience was at my childhood house and um I'd always wanted to go like do an investigation there and it's kind of hard when the house is full of family and so it was a good good time it was empty and we're like all right let's go do this and um yeah we had a bunch of weird stuff happen that just kind of boggled the mind a little bit is there anything like well it started when you were young like what like kind of what drew you to the paranormal so I, what really interested me was I, I grew up in like the X-Files era, like the late nineties, early two thousands. Like that's all I would watch. I've read all the books. I, I mean, I, and I became like a big giant paranormal and UFO just dork. Um, it's funny when I was, uh, we had like a fit when I was in fifth grade, we had like a career day and I came dressed as a ufologist, which is someone who studies UFOs as my like what I wanted to do and I kind of think it's funny where it's like fast forward like 30 years whatever and I'm kind of doing something similar um which is you know kind of comedic to me um yeah and I just I just always been uh, it'd been a hobby and something I would just get into and uh I started I did one paranormal show for another network and fast forward a few years later I started working for Travel Channel and then Discovery. Growing up with your childhood home welders which we learned of from this show like what is like give us an example of a story of like when you were like something strange is happening in this house so the 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 most kind of glaringly like the thing that really sticks out aside from like I would always hear hear things out of the corner of my eye for some reason would always just see like a dark 
figure, you know, it always, and then you kind of, you know, shoot your eyes and it'd be gone. Would always see it. It always, to me, it looked like just like a, a woman with like long dark hair. Um, and, but this one time, my sister Kelly and I were home alone and uh, she, my mother had taken my eldest sister to school. And so she, we were, Kelly and I were homesick. We were laying in her bed. She was like, the door's locked. The alarm is on. Well, I'll be back in like an hour. And we must have been, we were young, we were probably around nine or 10. Um, and it's not like a thing. We lived out in the middle of nowhere. So like getting a babysitter to come over early. And so mom was like, just don't leave the bedroom. I'm back in 45 minutes. So we were just watching, you know, morning TV. And we heard someone walking down the upstairs hallway coming towards uh, like the, there was like a little tiny like spiral staircase that came down from the upstairs to right in front of my parents' bedroom. So you, and you could hear the, the way the floorboards creak and the way that the, the, the hallway is lined with closets. It, it's a very distinct sound. It's not like, you know, and, and it, they're hardwood floors. So if it's a dog, we could always hear like the dog's nails kind of clanking on the floor. You would hear more than two feet. Um, and it was just like, doom. Dung, dung. And it sounded like whatever was there was running its hand along the closet door and it was clanking because we used to do that when we were kids. We'd run down the hall and just drag our hand, you know, and clank the doors just because we were being idiots. Um, and it was getting closer and closer. My sister and I freaked out. We ran and locked my mom's door. We called her on the, like she had a car phone at the time. And we were like, you know, she was coming home and she was in traffic. And we're like, there's someone coming down the hall. Someone's in the house. She's like, no one's there. You're just imagining. I'm like, no. And we nearly, it got so close. Kelly and I opened up her window and we considered like jumping out the window because we were like, someone is in the house coming to get us. And you have Kelly there too. So it's not like, you know, you could say, am I fast asleep? Is this really someone else? Exactly. She had the exact same experience, heard the same thing. And yeah, it was very uh, nerve wracking. And this makes you intrigued to do this now on Discovery, you know, rather than just run for your life? Well, yeah, because it's, you know, and, and I'm, not, I'm not someone that instantly waves the flag of it's a ghost. So therefore it is the, you know, it's the conscious spirit of a once living human. Like, I, I don't, I don't think that it is, you know, I, I don't, I should say I don't know that for sure. But what I do know is that millions of people have experiences like this and sometimes more profound and there's no scientific explanation for it. So what is it, you know, is everyone hallucinating? Probably not, you know, and I kind of, you know, I have like four or five buckets that I kind of think it could be, you know, one, you know, is the, like I said, the conscious spirit of a once living human two is like residual energy, like, uh, you know, just, an echo in time or, you know, an object or a location the kind of holding on to a moment. Um, you know, one, it kind of ties into like the stone tape theory where, you know, certain buildings build up, certain materials will hold on to kind of energetic kind of moments. Um, the other is some, you know, the third thing I think it could be is, you know, is it an interdimensional kind of blip where something is coming into our reality from another dimension? And just blipping over for moments or seconds. Um, the fourth is um, some kind of, you know, which I, I kind of am leaning towards being a, actually quite possible. Um, is, you know, are we are we encountering some energy 
that we just don't understand, that we can't detect, but when human beings encounter this energy, it elicits a physical response and we hallucinate or we hear things. You know, like think about radiation. If you handed someone like a ball of radioactive material 500 years ago, and it's a rock that's hot, and then everyone that touches it dies, people are going to go, oh my God, that's a cursed demonic rock. Like get rid of it because they don't understand what radiation is. And I think, you know, we could be, there's an energy spectrum out there, which exists. We just don't know it does. And it's making us hallucinate. And then finally, the fifth, you know, it could be environmental toxicity. So, you know, we're in old haunted houses, theoretically haunted, and there's mold and fungus and you're in there for a long time and you're breathing it in. What's to say you're not in, inhaling some kind of hallucinogenic mold spore? So Those are these, are all, these are all the weird theories that I kind of bat around. I was going to say, not that you've thought about this or anything. No, I've spent no time sat debating it for hours with my co-host. Do you think like in our lifetime we'll ever know? I mean, like you look at the advancements and, you know, all these things we didn't even talk about, you know, yeah. how, how, how many years ago? I, I think that the only way we would ever truly be able to find out what is going on is if there was a way to monetize it. Think about it like, you know, the government is probably more interested in UFOs because they realize, well, we can travel, we can, there's money here. They're interested in atomic energy because there's money there. Like there's, where's the money in figuring out our ghost real? That is making TV shows for Discovery Plus. <laughs> exactly. And keeping Jack Osborne and Jack Osborne's haunted house on for many years to come. Exactly. Did you, by going, you know, by doing this show, like did any new memories come out by going back to your childhood home where you're like, oh, wait, I didn't remember that or just something that you were aware of? You know what actually did come up, which it wasn't, I don't, there was nothing that I was like, oh, you know, like earth shattering like that, but what did happen was meeting people and finding out information about the house that I had no idea. The house was actually, and that we had no idea until March of this year that that house used to be, uh, they, as they called it, a lunatic asylum. Um, and it was, a, it was a mental health clinic for young girls until like, until World War I. So from like eight, it was from like 1900 something until like 1917. The wait is over. That's right. Season five of The Kardashians is here. Just when you thought life couldn't get any faster, they're punching it into overdrive. Chris, Courtney, Kim, Chloe, Kendall, and Kylie are back and continue to defy expectations in all their endeavors. So get ready to go behind the glitz and glamour of the most iconic family on television. The all-new season of The Kardashians premieres May 23rd, streaming on Hulu. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
I can't tell you how many endless amounts of skincare products I tried throughout the years that claim that they smoothed wrinkles and firm skin and gave me a youthful glow. None of them worked. None of that matters now because I've discovered one skin. One skin completely works. And once I started learning about the science behind the product, it made total sense to me. Their scientists were able to measure the efficacy of age reversal molecules in their lab. What that really means is by treating aged skin, the one skin scientists found that the OS1 peptide reverses skin's biological age by up to 50%. Personally, that was all I needed to hear. I can tell you it really does work. I use their OS1 face product every day, their OS1 eye cream I use in the morning and at night. And a lot of you keep telling me I look better than ever, which I mean, thank you. It's all because of one skin. One skin is for everyone that wants to prevent or reverse the signs of aging with a groundbreaking approach. One skin addresses skin's health at the molecular level, targeting the root causes of aging so skin behaves feels, and appears younger. It's time for you to experience a new skin health routine at a discounted rate today. Get 15% off with the code VELVET at oneskin.co. That's 15% off with code VELVET. We only have one body, one skin, and only you can choose to make it better. Age healthy with one skin. All of you who listen to this podcast on the regular know two things about me. I love reality TV and I love coffee. I mean, how many cups of coffee do I drink on average here per show? Three. But what you guys may not know is that the only coffee I love is Starbucks. I love everything about a Starbucks. Do you know that I'm such a regular here in East Hampton at my Starbucks that in the morning when I go in, I don't even have to speak to them. They literally make my drink because I'm standing in line and hand it to me when I go to pay. Now, as we head into the fall, my normal fall drink is usually the pumpkin spice latte. But this fall, I need to tell you guys about the iced apple crisp. This new drink is an iced apple crisp oat milk shaken espresso. Yum. Just let that sink in. Do you know how good this is? It's made with blonde espresso, creamy oat milk, and spiced apple flavors. Oh my God. You could sit back and you can enjoy all autumn long. So you guys have to try this and let me know what you think. And listen, order ahead on the Starbucks app. That's right. Order ahead before you get there on the Starbucks app and enjoy. Wow. Yeah. Now, and obviously I'm joking, but is the irony lost on you that the son of the Prince of Darkness, that this is the house and that this is what you do for your life now? I mean, is that, is that irony lost on you? Uh, perhaps. I, you know, it's funny. Like, I never think of it because like, my dad is such, you know, when my dad's at home, he is about as Prince's Darkness as like a, a bunny rabbit. He's just, you know, he's not one that, you know, necessarily leans too far into this stuff. You know, he is into his UFOs, you know, he loves watching UFO documentaries. And anytime there's an article in the press about, you know, recently released documentation or footage, he's always like sending it to me. Oh, have you seen this? Um, So that's where he really, you know, as far as the paranormal goes, UFOs are like his cup of tea. Are Kelly and your mother into this? And like, what do they think about the fact that this, because you have done a lot of other shows, like you said, that's all led you here to Discovery. So Kelly was like a big nay. She used to just make jokes. She's like, it's just, am I allowed to swear? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's like, it's just a bunch of fucking nerds playing with trinkets. Like, you know, ghost hunting dorky stuff. And I took her on a ghost hunt. Uh, we did about two years ago. and went to this place in LA called Heritage Square. And it freaked her out so much. And the experiences that we had were so absolutely crazy. She's like a full-blown believer now. She's like, there is no way. And she 
was like literally only doing it for because it was a bit of a payday and going into it she was like all right whatever I'll I'll do a job and and she's like I and so she's always like when are we doing another one when we do another one I'm like you're pregnant I don't think ghost hunting while pregnant is necessarily recommended (laughs) I mean is that what you say to the naysayers because like look there's so many I mean I've had a lot of people on the show I've had like famous mediums and psychics Mm -hmm. and I mean is that what you say to the naysayers like come with me on a ghost hunt the way Kelly did and and I and I also say this I'm like okay you're saying it's not a ghost then what is it I can tell you what it, it isn't all day long then tell me what it is because that millions of people have had these experiences and like you go back through history you know yes you go back to like you know ancient Egypt or, or ancient Greece and they wrote stories of crazy mystical creatures and dragons and you know gods from the sky and they, but they also wrote stories about ghosts now over time we know that dragons aren't probably real and definitely not real I mean dinosaurs you could argue and maybe there was a leftover dinosaur five six thousand years ago um but you you know we have we know that a lot of that stuff was just campfire stories yet we still know we still can't disprove ghost stories they've always been told so what is that why are people having these experiences why are people you know you know having uh you know seeing things watching things move some people experience possessions i mean you you talk to the someone in the catholic church and they'll tell you that there are more you know there's now more the occurrences of as the catholic church kind of documents it and trust me i don't put a whole lot of faith in the catholic church but you know that their, their documentation of what they deem to be a legit demonic possession it's like just going through the roof with the amount they've actually um like ramped up the amount of exorcists that they uh, are like putting through their you know exorcism school because it's such a common occurrence now so you're like, okay, what is that? It can't all be mental health. So there, wow. there is some, you know, there are some things which I just don't, you know, I can't immediately just disregard because I don't think there's enough evidence to, to disregard it as just something not, you know, just some weird thing. That could be explained. Right. Like everything can't be an occurrence. And to your point with that story with Kelly, I mean, there were two of you that have yeah. similar does anything scare you like through this show you know being on discovery yeah i am i am not like the uh i'm not the guy that's like oh i'll charge right on in there i'm not scared um i'm i'm the guy that uh that gets pretty freaked out like when so i do i do a a few paranormal shows for travel and one of my co-hosts uh is a woman named katrina weidman and she has bigger balls than I do. She'll go somewhere by herself and hang out and just like, yeah, whatever. And I'm just like, I want to go home. I'm tired. I don't want to do this anymore. And she's just like, all right, I'm going to go in, call me in an hour and then I'll come out. And you're like, uh, no. <laughs> Especially going by yourself. No, oh. thank you. Yeah. Cause then your mind starts playing tricks with you. Well, like you said, you've been on a lot of other TV shows. When you look back to the beginning of your TV career on the Osbournes, like, does that, do you remember that time well? Or does that just seem oh, like, yeah. who was that? Yes. I, I remember it very well. I mean, it was, uh, it was such a, a crazy time. Uh, and it was also like a really cool, fun time to be kind of doing entertainment back then. You know, there wasn't, 
the volume of uh you know there was i mean there was you had cable you had satellite tv and that now there was no youtube stars there was no instagrams tiktok there was none of this stuff so it was it was a very small kind of community of people working in entertainment back then it just was and it was fun we used to i used to go out all the time go out there was always something going on in la um I got to meet some really amazing people, go to some really kind of cool places. And uh, yeah, it was great. I mean, there was some, there was some shitty times. Um, you know, it's tough to, it was, it was like a really, for a time I got really resentful at like, you know, the fact that I was from fifth, what was I? 15 to 14. Those are not anyone's glamorous years at all. Like, I don't care who you are. 15 to 14 is a really awkward time in someone's life. So having a lot of kind of exposure in that time was, was it took a minute to kind of me to me to reconcile with that. Like you look back and you say, who is this that I'm watching? Uh, none of us watch the old episodes. We literally, it's like I, we, a few years ago, we did a podcast with, you know, all of us and we watched some clips and, everyone from my mom, my dad, my sister and I were just like, Oh my God, like, what are we saying? What are we wearing? Like, what are we doing? It was, it was, uh, it was painful, but it was funny. Do you, I mean, well, now you have these home movies. I mean, did you know what, what you were getting into? Cause like you said, I mean, there wasn't a lot of real TV, but you yeah. really were the first famous family that ever yeah. did this. Yeah. And there was no roadmap, you know, now it's like, you know, because of shows like ours and, you know, Kardashians and, you know, some of the other, like the Chrisleys, like there's a roadmap that people know is there. And so you go on a show and then if it does well after season three, then you usually will start getting some endorsements and start selling products. And like, there's this whole kind of thing you can plug yourself in. And back then it was just like, all right, we're rolling. And like, here's the thing I produced, I produce a lot of TV as well as hosting the way we did it. The, the way we did it, there was only two shows ever in the history of family reality TV. It was ours and, the, and um, Anna Nicole Smith, where we had no producer interaction. We had no scripts. We had no direction. It was like we woke up, there was a camera there, and they just followed us th- throughout the day. And I mean, if you were to do uh, an audit of the producers of the Kardashians email and you looked at the scripts that they were getting, it's it's just you know it's it's a soap opera at this point it is and like anna nicole was right after you guys so right it has changed i mean do you think the osbournes like do not get enough credit for the kardashians because that's no i don't it's i i always refuse to take we can't take credit for that They're, they're they're they do what they do very well they do what they do better than what we did i mean we we you know they play the game because they know the game and, and a lot of these, you know, everyone on these shows knows the game to play. Now we didn't, we were just kind of doing our thing. And when we got sick of it, we were like, yeah, I think we're done with this now. We want to, you know, we, we, I never saw the Osbournes as a, like a, a lifeboat to a career, meaning like just to sit in it and wait. Like I saw it as a bridge. I was like, cool, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to see where this takes me. And then I'm just going to keep going past it, you know, and, and, and with a lot of these, you know, shows that there are very few 
you know, not that I've had like a, you know, crazy A-list, get invited to the Oscars career post Osborne's, but I've consistently worked in TV for 20 years now on dozens of shows. And so I kind of look at it like I, you know, I know in what I, you know, my abilities to be more than just a show at home with my family. Do you think that's what most people do wrong? Obviously not the Kardashians, but you know, a lot of these people, they don't realize like it could be a thing to, Hey, one day you'll be on discovery hosting a show that is an actual real career. They just think I'm famous and Hey. Yeah. I, and I, and, and I think there is a lot of the like, well, we'll just do this show and then do the products and sell, you know, makeup and you know, whatever. Um, and that's fine. Like it's a total, Hey, listen, I don't, I don't hate anyone's hustle. It's like, at the end of the day, it's, I don't think, I can tell you this, <laughs> I don't think many people are getting into reality TV because they love the art of reality TV. It's like, hey, this is a kind of a, this is a, an interesting way to, to make a living. What was your relationship? I'm just always so curious to fame. Cause like, right, like you had a famous father and then, you know, yeah. you and Kelly were everywhere. You were on the red carpets, you were on the, hosting the MTV awards, just everywhere. Like, did you have, like, people have like a lot of different reactions to being thrust into uber fame overnight. Yeah. Like I, I went down the kind of the, the cliche, you know, kind of spiral of drugs and alcohol. And, but I, you know, I was very fortunate to, you know, have, I, I got sober at 17 and, you know, I've been sober since. And it's just kind of one of those things where, I, I learned really early on what worked for me and what didn't. And I know like having that level of fame that I did have for, at that age, it's not good for me. I don't think it's good for many people. It's in, and it's incredibly lonely. Like my God, is it lonely? And I, um, I just knew like, Hey, I, I had to find the balance, you know, and my balance was I went and did a lot of work in England and I lived in America. So like as the notoriety in America kind of dipped, I would go to England, I would do a bunch of TV shows there and they were all really successful, but I could come home and like, I could go to the grocery store, I could go to the mall, I could live my life in relative kind of obscurity to where I, I wasn't, I was able to just be anonymous to a degree, you know? Yes, people, I would get recognized here and there, but it wasn't what it was. I mean, Kelly and I couldn't go anywhere. No, you, you really couldn't. I mean, I remember one, one time we were, we were in New York City and we were staying in the peninsula um, back when the show was on and they had to bring in NYPD with barricades in front of the hotel because there was probably 300 people stood out in front of the hotel. It was like weird Beatlemania type shit. And I was like, this is cool, but fuck that. Like, I, I, I like doing normal things. I, and I think... But something that people never realize until it's gone is that there is a huge amount of um, comfort in, 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 in being anonymous. Now that Behind the Velvet Rope has grown so big and we're heading into our fifth year, I just recently had to hire a social media expert to run all of my socials. I turned to the only place I knew would help, and that's Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. I used to spend hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills. It was such a mess and took so much time. Indeed streamlines that process. They do all the hard work for you. They show you candidates whose resume on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post. 
lows so you can hire faster. They match you with qualified candidates instantly. Do you know that more than 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed? So if you need to hire right now, you need Indeed. Listen, start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash velvet. The offer is good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash velvet. Just go to Indeed.com slash velvet and support the show by saying you heard about it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash velvet. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I know I may sound like a broken record lately, but Rakuten is my favorite website I've discovered for all of 2023. How many of you right now are shopping online while you're listening to this or need to buy something online? Stop. Go to Rakuten. With Rakuten, members earn cash back on everything that they buy. It's a shopping platform that partners with over 4,200 stores across every category. Beauty, clothing, electronics, home, department stores, pets. You could even buy your groceries on Rakuten. A few sample stores they work with, Sephora, Macy's, Ulta, Nike, Adidas, Petco, eBay, Zappos, Expedia, Best Buy. I just needed to buy a bunch of new fall clothes because the seasons are changing from Nordstrom and Instead of going to Nordstrom, I went to Rakuten and then purchased the same stuff from Nordstrom. It was stuff I was going to buy anyway. And by going through Rakuten as a member, I got 2% cash back. Membership is so easy and it's free to sign up. So start shopping at Rakuten.com. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N.com. Or get the Rakuten app to start saving today. Your cash back really adds up. You know, and being able to like go run an errand, go get a tire change, go to just do normal things that's when that's gone, you really are like, Holy shit. Like I can't do anything. Right. You're like, I just need to go to the store. I want like whatever. Yeah. And some people love that. Like they, that's what they want in life. And I'm like, no, fuck that. Like I want to be able to fly coach sometimes. <laughs> like it's like being able just to get on a plane and just sit there and be a normal person. Like it's when you, when you haven't had that and not to sit here and be like, Oh, poor me, whatever. It's like, when you haven't had that for years and then you can just jump on a Southwest, it's great. It's like, cool. Like I, yeah. Well, Jack, you might be the only person that has uttered the words that you want to fly code sometime on this show, but I am here oh, for dude, it. I'm, I am not, I believe me. I am not Mr. Bells and whistles waving the fame flag. Like it, for me, I do what I do because I got four kids. I like what I do. And I, you know, it's all I do. That's all I know how to do. Speaking of your four kids, like if one of them came to you one day and said, hey, I was in the mix for a reality show, like A, what would you say? And B, what advice would you give them if you were in favor of this? I would be the worst. Like if one of my daughters was like, hey, I want to do like some like, yeah, I, I would be like, all right, well, let me see the contract. What are they having you do? Let me talk to the producers. What's their pit? I would just I would. I would bend over and gut that production so damn hard. They just wouldn't know what to do. Like the amount of times that like friends of mine told me being like, I'm signing up for this show. I'm like, send me the paperwork. You know, it's what I, I mean, it's like I said, aside from like hosting shows, I've produced a ton of reality TV. So, I mean, there would be that side. The other side, I'd be like, all right, what are you hoping from this? What's the end goal? Is it to just do reality TV? Are you looking to get in some kind of other, you know, business as a result of this do you want to work in tv do you want to be a host like um and i my whole thing is though it's like you got to have some kind of and i tell this to my my daughters like you have to have some kind of 
back up. If you want to work in TV or film or whatever, music, it's great. But be good at, be very good at something else as well. That's really good advice. What do you think, because you've produced so much reality TV, like of the Kardashians, like what it's, you know, you look at your show, like what it has become, like you said, producer emails. And I would agree with you. I listen, I don't, I, it's the, unfortunately, because of the way that finance works in television, there's less and less money. And so it, it really binds shows as far as what they can get away with and how much wiggle room they have. Like, you know, when you, when you produce a show, you're, you're writing beat sheets and scripts and story outlines and all this stuff, and you're submitting it to the network and they have to approve that in order to fund it. So, but back when it was us, it was, like I said, we woke up, cameras were there and whatever happened, happened. And that costs so much money to do that they just don't have, they don't have that kind of finances anymore. So uh, I, I do think that, you know, I love the genre of reality TV. You know, it's, 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 it, um, I think it, uh, it's not going anywhere. You know, I remember when we did our show, everyone's like, it's just a fad. It's this, it's that. And I always joke that like, uh, you know, reality, you know, reality TV is the hip hop of TV. You know, it was something that when it came out, everyone's like, it's a fad. This is just going to disappear, whatever. Now it's, you know, hip hop's the most dominated, dominates music. And so and reality TV dominates TV. It does. And it's not going anywhere. No. Do you find now that there's a shift, you know, like to a certain generation, like, you know, me, like, I'm like, oh, that's Jack from the Osbournes. Of course I do yeah. watch like your new show is phenomenal. And, but do you know, cause you've been doing a lot of these like paranormal yeah. shows that have led you to discovery. Like, do you find there's a whole new generation now that knows you in this genre? Um, I don't, you know, it's funny. I feel like my, my, my audience has kind of grown with me. I don't, you know, I just, it's not necessarily young, you know, kind of tweens or, you know, early 20 year olds that are watching a lot of, a lot of my programming. Um, and I'm okay with that. It's tough to be, to like, to stay in that relevant bubble. It, and with that, that kind of, you know, 14 to 20, you know, 28 window or whatever, that's a lot of work. I just, I don't have time for that. <laughs> it is a lot of work. And I mean, you must be, are you getting a lot of sleepless nights now? Because you said you have four daughters. I know one of them is newly born. Like you yep. must just, you said you were in the basement before you started because your daughter's sleeping and I mean, are you just uh, trying to find sleep these days? Yeah, it's, you know, it's not too bad. She's a, she sleeps through the night pretty well. Like it's, uh, it's good. Like she, she, she'll go down for a solid 11 hours at night. Thank God. It's, we have this like crazy, like, cr- like sleep, like crib for the baby. It's called the snoo. And it like can tell if the baby's stirring and it like rocks. And it's like, it's very, it's very sophisticated. And she sleeps all through the night. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, you mentioned earlier, you know, Kelly's pregnant, obviously, you know, there's a different, an uncle that doesn't, you know, a parent, you have to be responsible, Jack. Now you get, I mean, are you just going to spoil Kelly's son or daughter? Um, Oh yeah, absolutely. And it's the the great thing is like, I get to, you know, it's just going to, you know, it's great. It's going to be fun having, you know, a kid grow up with my kids and, you know, we've got babies that are, you know, a few months apart. It's, it's kind of, that's going to be fun. You know, they're going to be more like siblings than cousins, really. What about how are Sherry, 
how are Sharon and Ozzy as grandparents? I imagine that they spoil your oh, they children. Spoil them rotten. I mean, it's to the point where I'm I'm literally like, stop. Please stop with, you know, every time you show up, it's like, oh, I bought you this, here's that. I'm like, just stop. I was like, it's too much. Um, which is, you know, very it's <laughs> very blessed. But uh, you know, I, I just don't, you know, they they love them and it's, you know, my dad is is really funny. He like that he goes through like phases of like really connecting with he's kind of connected with each of my kids individually in different phases and yeah it's good and i read some article i don't know i mean i don't know it's an interview your father did that said he was gonna get kelly's son or daughter a microphone that was gonna be the first gift like does, <laughs> do any of your daughters are they exhibiting any musical abilities musical abilities you know paul was playing piano for a while um and you know my that's my eldest she's really into like nature and outdoors and you know, she's, she's kind of a bit of a, a hippie. She's now a pescatarian because she likes cows too much. Um, so she won't eat meat. Um, yeah, she, I don't, she's not really fired up on music. Like I'll try and play her stuff and she's like, nah. And then Andy, um, my seven-year-old, she's like a phenomenal gymnast and just got like accepted into this crazy gymnastics program and um, which is kind of crazy. I don't know if I'm necessarily prepared for that. Um, and then Minnie, she's still, she's just a cute little kid who likes playing with toys. So no music. No music. I don't, I don't know if I'd want them to be musicians. You know, I grew up with one that kind of crazy. <laughs> and it's a hard life, right? I mean, if you don't look at, I mean, how many people are the Ozzy Osbournes of the world? It's a really hard business, right? It is. It's really, really hard. And, um, I, I would, I would much rather them get into, you know, other performing arts aside from just music, um, just because I think that there is a, it's just, it's really, it's difficult. You know, you can be, you know, the interesting thing I kind of look at, like, if you're an actor, you can be a great, you can be an actor and you can constantly, you know, go out for different roles and you can have a crazy, you know, an amazing career that lasts a lifetime with music. It's such a slog to stay relevant and grow with an ever-changing sound. It's like, it's crazy. You know, like there are, like, like you just said, there are only a handful of people that have had, you know, a career longer than 20 years. Yes. Yes. And yes. Cause I mean, like, I think, like you said, like audiences change, like your audience has grown with you. I think that's how it is. Like whatever decade you're from, like seventies, eighties, nineties, you grow with the artists to me that you loved growing up. Yep. And then those people put out new music and it doesn't do what it should just because it's not the current. And yet you're like, this current new music is so brilliant. Like, why are more people not listening to this? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I, and I fall into the like, I mean, I, I like listen to like grunge and like old metal and, you know, I'm not like a, up with the current billboard, you know, top 20. I'm just kind of like, my kids like it. I am right there with you. I couldn't name you a certain thing. I certainly couldn't name you the top of the charts, but even yeah. singers, if you mentioned to me, there are certain names I guarantee you I would know probably 50% at best. Yeah. Now mention 80s or 90s to me and let's sit down and have a conversation. Totally, yeah. You want to you wanna talk Alice in Chains, Pearl Jam, Soundgarden? I'm in. <laughs> that is a whole different thing. What about, you know, I know there was talk like a few years ago or even like last year that, you know, like the Osbournes, like this reboot and like it didn't happen. 
I mean, do you think there'll ever be like in LA, like a reboot involving like your daughters and your whole families? So my parents are moving back to England and they're doing a show about moving back to England. And I think we're going to, you know, all of us are going to kind of pop up into that, but like an actual full reboot of the Osbournes, you know, I was very involved in kind of putting the last three attempts together. Um, And it was just too difficult from like a, a deal perspective um, with networks. And then also a, a kind of a creative perspective because we don't all live together. You know, we're not, you know, the, the amazing thing about, you know, a lot of these shows that have, you know, reality shows that have been on for years and years and years is that they're now kind of multi-generational. You have like grandparents, you've got like the, you know, the main kind of bulk of them, you know, the cast members, then you've got grandkids and then you've got all these other, and you know, it, it makes it for a more exciting, bigger world. Our world isn't that big. You know, it's my mom, it's me, it's Kelly, it's my dad, it's, you know, my partner, my kids. And, and I just, I don't, I just couldn't figure out a way to make it work to feel like it used to. And I don't want to kind of go and nuke the old show. Now, even though, I mean, the old show, you can't watch it anywhere. It's not, it doesn't, you know, it's not on MTV or, you know, and it's weird. No, no, we keep trying to, we've like tried to license it out in the past. I'm like, no one wants to license it. It's kind of weird. I don't know why. I don't know. We've gone to like Netflix and Hulu and all these outlets and they're just kind of like, nah, I don't care. I'm like, whatever. It was just, to me, it's like, it was the first. It's like, like you said, even the Chrisleys, certainly the Kardashians, like these shows, I mean, you you know how the business works. It's greenlit because of prior success. That's just how it is. Yeah. Right. And you think, right, like it could tarnish like the legacy, right? Like if it's not going to all come together of the the original. And if it's, if if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. and And it's my whole thing of like, when you force something, you could it you can always tell it just it just was like crammed too hard down someone's throat. I would agree. And you and Kelly are gonna make appearances on the BBC. Yeah, we'll, we'll dip over. I mean it, it's them moving back to England, so I can't be there for the whole thing because you know my kids are out here and stuff and I can't exactly be like, we're going to England for six weeks. <laughs> Your kids have school. Yep. What about, you know, I know you're also engaged. You have a fiance. I mean, any wedding plans coming up anytime soon, Jack? So we're, you know, it's going to be in the next couple of years. I'm, I'm, I have a, 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 like a ranch in another state. I was, so we're, we're kind of, we're doing that, that house up right now. And so I'm like, Hey, let's finish doing the house. And like, then kind of circle up and figure out, all right, when are we going to do the wedding? Are we going to do it at that house? And so we're just, we're figuring it out. Do you know if you want like a big wedding or a small wedding? Um, it would probably be on the smaller side. I, I always look at like weddings as like you're throwing the party for everyone else. And I kind of, I don't want that. I want it to be a, just, a, you know, I want it to be like our inner circle folks and just spending a good fun time together and having no pressure because weddings are so stressful. Weddings are so stressful. I do agree. It's usually for everybody else. And I, that doesn't strike me that you want something smaller, but you know, is Miss Sharon Osborne going to be okay with that? Cause I saw her 70th birthday party and <laughs> I wouldn't call that small. No, that was not small at all. Um, I, I think she would be okay with it. You know, she's, I think she, you know, having thrown a few bashes herself, it's very rare. Like for me, I, I even hate having a birthday party. 
Like I never enjoy myself because I feel like I got to spend three minutes with you and three and you just, you end up just seeing only spending like moments with your good friends. And so I would rather do something just small and like, you know, over a few days and kind of, you know, be up at the ranch and, you know, just, yeah. I absolutely hate having a birthday party myself. I feel responsible. Like I know I'm having a good time because I know everybody here, but I'm always like, is everyone really having a good time? Or is this, is this going to be the party that you go home and roll your eyes about that? It really wasn't so great. I hate it. Like I literally, uh, oh God, I get anxiety over birthday parties. And I'm never, you know, there are certain people that just bring people in where like, I've never been one of those people that people just gravitate towards like wanting to have a good time with. Like, I, I've just not, like, I know friends that would like make one phone call, be like, I'm having a party. And there would be 400 people at the house. I'm like, Hey, you want to come over? Like, I kind of calling everyone to be like, you want to come over? And they're like three people will be like, yeah, I'll come for a little bit. <laughs> You're like, how did this happen? Yeah. I've had a lot of people on from Dancing with the Stars. I mean, you and Kelly both did well. You finished third. Like, where does that fall in terms of, like, difficult things you've done in this career of it's yours? In, it's incredibly difficult. It's insanely time-consuming. Um, you know, the, the, the pitch to, to get people on is, oh, you train as much or as little as you want. It's, you know, minimum. you got to train, like, four or five hours a week. It's, it's all good. The moment you sit down with your instructor, and, like, Cheryl is one of my best friends, she was like, listen, bitch, this is my career. You're going to show up and you're going to do exactly what I tell you to do. And we're going to win because the longer we stay in, the more money we get. So work hard. And you're like, yeah, yes, yes, boss. And it's like, t- well, I mean, I was training nine hours a day, seven days a week. It was just like, it, it was crazy, but so much fun. And the rush is like nothing I've ever done. Would you, I'm speaking to Cheryl later today, believe it or not. It's just, oh, I love Cheryl. Cheryl is like family. I, we are like, yeah, Cheryl is literally like a sister to me. She's great. Would you ever do, you know, they've had like, you know, the all-star seasons. Like if they yeah. called you to go back, would you ever do it? I probably would just cause it's fun. And like, it's kind of, I mean, it's, it's, it's fun and it's fucked up in the same way. I don't know if I can swear, but it's a, uh, <laughs> it's a really it's a great experience and and honestly the, i think one of the reasons why that show has lasted so long is because of how crazy and fun it is it's great well listen what if they call you and kelly for the same season you guys would, oh it'd be would, on it would be on <laughs> you want the mirror ball that's right i gotta get that mirror but the, i know that when they do the all-stars though they don't let you train with your like old school partner they they change you up and I just don't, I would feel like I'd be cheating on Cheryl. I'd be like, I can't, I can't dance with anyone but Cheryl. Well, here's the good news. I mean, I don't think you'd have an option because Cheryl's, I mean, I don't know if this is true, but she did an interview recently where she said this really was it this past season for her. She's ready. The to- amount of times that Cheryl has told me, that's it. I'm done. I can't, I need to move on. And then she'll be like, yeah, they called and I went back. I'm like, but it is, listen, those, the, the, all the, the pros on that show, it is such a commitment for them and their job never stops because, you know, all, all we do is ultimately, we just learn when we're doing it, the, the celebs just learn choreography. We don't actually learn to dance. You just learn choreography. There's a big difference I learned and they have to figure out how the hell they're going to, you know, they have to create these, these dances every week. 
and they, I mean, they're probably some of the hardest working people in entertainment I have ever seen at all those dance pros. It's not easy. Oh. As we wind down, final two questions. What would you ever do a reality show? Like say someone, you know, you produce a lot of shows, like you said, yeah. you know, you're busy with discovery. Like if they came to you and it would be about like you, your fiance, your current, you know, not the Osbournes, but just Jack Osborne and family. I don't know if it would be that entertaining to be honest with you. Uh, my, I just, I'm, I don't know. I just, I, listen, I never say no. And, and I don't like turning down work. Um, so I probably, I, I would entertain it. And if, if it felt like the right thing, it would be, it would be a possibility. The Chrisleys might've said the same thing in season one and you know. Yeah, yeah. Now they're, now they're trucking along with all sorts of scandals. <laughs> they have a lot going on. That is definitely true. And that's the thing. I don't know if I have scandals that would keep it going. I'm like, oh, I'm late to my jujitsu today. Oh, how bad. Oh, the baby just spit up a little bit. Like my life is not glitz and glamour. And like, it's, uh, I told you, it's, it's Southwest flights up to, up to my ranch you know, baby sleeping. And what do you want people to take away as they watch, you know, Jack Osborne's Haunted Homecoming? Like, what do you want them to take away from this great show, which I loved? Um, It's a good, fun, scary TV show. And like, it's, it is the season, you know, it's when Halloween is upon us. And it's just some, you know, if you're into the paranormal, or if you're not, like, uh, you know, the, the shows that I'm making paranormal are not the ones that are like, oh, it's definitely a ghost. It's like, you know, we, we have experiences and we document the experiences and, and it's up to the viewer to determine if they think that that was, you know, the wind or something else. I am all in. I don't know what it is. I like your five theories that you come up with, but it's something from watching you on this show. It's something to me is yeah. there. I mean, you're watching it with your own eyes. Yeah. And we don't, and, and we don't fake evidence ever. <laughs> I didn't think you did. I was, yeah. no, I mean, I'm, 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 I am all in. I'm going to have to like re-listen to these five theories and figure out which of yours. You yeah. Anything else you want to bring up before we, you know, thank you so much for doing this. No, no, I'm good. Everyone needs to watch the show on discovery. I'll share all the links when this comes out. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I can't wait to see what you do next. And thank you so much for your time. Thank you, David. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Anytime. Take care, Jack. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're behind the Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon, because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, 
go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.